Hi, so we have Bruce here, and Bruce is the founder of Love at First Fight, and um, he is a relationship coach and marriage repairman. And we have him here today to talk about the role of love and health. Love and sex is a crucial part of our health. Um, I thought it would be very interesting to have thoughts from Bruce. And this is basically a conversation between me and him, and um, he will basically insights on this topic so let's get started so Bruce so tell me more about a little bit more about your background and um, and we'll go from there okay cool so I am originally from South Africa and I think ever since I was 16 years old I was uh, interested in personal development psychology and I started facilitating uh, kind of personal development workshops at the age of 16 already and um, a couple of years ago, I had a relationship that wasn't working, and I turned my hand, my attention to figuring out what it is that has successful relationships work. And um, when I go deep into something, or when I get interested in something, I usually go deep, and I usually turn to science first. And um, the world of science, fortunately for us, is telling us a lot of very useful information about what love is, how love works, and how we can keep it alive, and how it impacts our life. So I started um, helping uh, couples fix their relationships, qualified as a relationship coach, and uh, every year I work with several hundred couples, um, helping them save marriages. And that's where I now I live in the Dominican Republic. And if you hear any noise in the background, it's because my internet at home went went out, and I had to run to a restaurant to do this interview. So if you hear banging in the background, that's what it is, or salsa music, or Dominicans making a noise because I live in the Dominican Republic. <laughs> Great. So now let's talk a little bit about the role of um, health, um, you know, as well as sex and love. Um, why don't you comment on that? Since you said you had a lot of things to talk about, so I'll let you lead the conversation. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I am not an expert in health. That I'll tell you. But I do know what the scientific research is saying about how health is impacted by love. Um, so. There was a particular study I wanted to share with you, uh, and I don't know the exact details. You're going to have to go look this up online. But I remember reading uh, about it in several places at the time as the study went around Facebook virally, and I thought it was very interesting. And, and uh, it was studied in Japan of centurions, and centurions are people who've lived to be 100 years old or more. And Japan has the highest number of centurions. So the study was done to study um, centurions and figure out what they were doing differently and essentially what they were eating and um, their diet basically consists of rice so <laughs> they're not eating anything special they're probably like you know if you were to take that take their diet apart um, and uh, analyze it you probably would not find greens in there or a whole bunch of uh, nutrient dense foods happening they're growing up on rice and eating rice these people are living to 100 years old so this stumped the researchers, like, how is this possible? These people aren't traditionally healthy or eating healthy as we thought. Um, and then they discovered something interesting. The people from the same town that was filled with these centurions, um, when these people from this town immigrated to America, some of them did, they died at 70. Um, and that immigrating to the West took about 30 years of their life. And when 
they uh, the what the research showed that w what was different when they immigrated to the West is that they were cut off from their community, from their primary relationships, from the support of being able to be dependent upon a community to meet their needs, to uh, feel safe and secure. So I, I want you to consider, if you're listening to this, that as human beings, we all have a fundamental need to feel emotionally and physically safe and secure. And the part of our brain that ensures that we remain safe and secure is known as the amygdala. And it controls our fight, flight, or freeze mechanism. Um, it's the part of our brain that uh, you know brings adrenaline into the body and blood into the hands if you need a fight, if you get angry, or if you're attacked, or you know if you feel like you're about to be abandoned by your relationship partner or something. It's the part of uh, the brain that kind of sounds the red alert and has you you know get mad and fight for your relationship or whatever the case may be, or withdraw if you if you're the kind of person that flees or freeze if you're the kind of person that flees. And what they discovered was that these people uh, who were living in this little village with centurions, they were super relaxed. They really had very little tension in their lives and stress in their lives because they had a community and supportive relationships, essentially, um, that supported their um, life. They could go to the neighbor next door and that was part of the community and ask for help babysitting. Or they could, whatever it was, they, were, they weren't afraid of being dependent on another. And one of the things we've lost in the West is the, um, you know, the ability, but uh, see, being dependent on another is seen as being weak. It's tantamount to being weak. And particularly in relationships, if you're seen as being dependent on your partner, you get accused of being needy and insecure or codependent, or maybe. But the research shows that the more you're able to depend on another in a healthy way, the more functional you are, and ironically, the more independent you act in the world. And so there's a direct relation between dependence and happiness. And rather than it being the more dependent you are, the less happy you are, it's actually the more dependent you are on somebody, the more happy you are. But I'm not talking about dependent in a codependent sense where you cannot live without this person. I'm talking about the ability to lean into another and use them for support. Um, and so relationships are foundational to keeping our amygdala from getting triggered and activated and going on red alert. Nicole, are you still with me at this point? So make sure you're still on the end of the line because you're very quiet. Yes, I am. I just okay, muted perfect. my microphone just to make sure the sound quality is fine. Um, okay, perfect. This is great. So now you talked a lot about connection as well as um, dependence um, on others. And, um, you know, it, I, I can't explain that, but, but, you know, what you're saying is interdependence would be the word for it. Right. Interdependence would be the word for it, yeah. yeah so Where codependence is, I can't live without you because I don't have a sense of self. Interdependence is, I absolutely have a sense of self and I depend on you uh, to support me through life in a, in a, in a relationship or, uh, yeah, exactly, in a community or a relationship. Okay, so that's great. So now, you know... So hang on, let me just, hang on, one second, Nicole, I'm just going to butt sure. in and, and, and finish my thought quickly because sure. I actually hadn't finished. Um, the point that I was coming to with all of this is that in relationship, uh, in a secure relationship where you're able to be interdependent, your amygdala doesn't get activated. Therefore, you're not getting cortisol released into your bloodstream anywhere near as much as if your amygdala is constantly activated by living in the, in the city or um, uh, you know, being in a stressful relationship. 
and therefore your body just naturally lives longer because under less stress and stress really is I mean I'm no health expert but from what I've read stress is the killer uh, cortisol getting released into your bloodstream is what uh, destroys longevity and has us die early and have heart attacks and age and so if you want to reduce stress you know by all means be healthy but make sure you are securely connected to your community and to another person whether or not you're in um, a romantic relationship uh, isn't so much as important as whether or not you're connected to people in a close intimate way um, by intimate I don't mean sexual at all but I just mean by dependent way where you're able to be um, healthily dependent on another and the most um, uh, literal form of that or the most uh, um, powerful form of that is a romantic relationship where you're securely connected and there's been a lot of research that shows that couples who are securely connected live longer uh, are healthier uh, their immune systems survive stronger they're, they take bigger risks in business they make more money um, pretty much like across the board people are more successful when they're in a secure relationship than when they are uh, single because suddenly that kind of higher you know, if you can study mass hierarchy of needs um, when you get the lower needs met then the higher the higher needs open up to you so when you get food um, and shelter met then you can start to focus on money and when you get money met then you kind of naturally want to start focusing on relationships and love and then self-actualization at the top of Maslow's pyramid and so when you get your relationship handled it opens up access to higher levels of evolution um, and development and so for me being in a romantic relationship and your health are inextricably interlinked and you know this research for this Japanese study almost shows that you know being securely connected to people and secure relationships is way more important to your health than what you eat that what you eat is very little to do with how much you stay healthy um, and what it really is our little cortisol you know, the cortisol that's released into your body has a lot more to do with your health than what you eat. Um, obviously, if you're eating you know, McDonald's burgers all day long, your body's going to be releasing cortisol too. You're going to be adding more stress to the system. Um, so I'm not suggesting go eat McDonald's all day long, get a good relationship, and you're going to be fine. No. And I'm again, I'm not a medical expert, but I am a relationship expert. And uh, so the angle I come from is get a secure relationship. And be secure and relaxed in your life and uh, things work out not done. <laughs> well that's, that's great so now you talked a lot about secure relationships securely connected with someone right since this is mm -hmm. you're really great at so what are five tips you'd share with people to be securely connected in a relationship um, I don't think I can give you tips to securely connect because secure secure connection um, is something you have or you don't have it's certainly something you can learn but uh, it takes uh, an understanding of what it means to be secure so I'm not going to answer that question but I will answer a different question I'm going to answer the question what does it take to be secure and essentially what it takes and what it means to be secure provide a secure base or a safe haven uh, upon which you can launch into your life and provide that for your partner and your partner that um, for you 
So a secure base is almost like feeling like your relationship's handled, you don't have to worry about it, and you can launch out into life. If is, is the experience that um, when and you need somebody to rely on and, and, and lean into, your partner is there, and you can count on them to be there and uh, support you. So these are two that distinguish what it means to have a secure relationship. Your relationship is a safe haven. So Bruce, uh, welcome back. Sorry, but the inter poor internet connection. So let's continue with our conversation regarding um, secure base as well as safe haven. Can you talk a little bit about the difference between the two? Sure. So a secure base is something you can launch from. When your relationship is a secure base, it feels like you have your basic needs met and you can launch out into the world um, with firm footing. A safe haven is something you can return to when the going gets tough and the seas get rough. You can return to a harbor that's safe, that'll protect you. And if your relationship performs these two functions, it's defined as secure. If it is a secure base and that you, you feel like you can launch into the world and uh, um, you, you have that confidence to do that and you can return to your partner and be dependent on them when you're feeling down or when things are going tough, that's a secure relationship. Now, in, uh, in terms of how we operate in relationships, there are three primary archetypes. There are secure people, there's anxious people, and there's avoidant people according to the research. And secure people are about 50% of the population, and they do not have any issue with uh, depending on another. Uh, avoiding people tend to be super independent. They are terrified of being controlled and trapped, and they require lots of space and freedom and alone time. And in relationships, especially when the relationship starts going, uh, becoming disconnected and they're struggling to connect with their partner, they tend to retreat. That's kind of like their pattern. On the other hand, they're about 20, 22% of the population, I think it was. And 25% uh, of the population are what are called anxious people. And anxious people are also insecurely attached, like avoidant ones. Um, and when their relationship becomes disconnected and they feel like they're disconnecting from their partner and they're struggling to connect, they tend to become demanding, needy, and clingy, and often you know, get angry and yell and scream and protest and... Um, they may retreat as well, but for very different reasons than uh, uh, the avoidant type retreats. And if you're in a relationship and you're one of these styles, which is pretty much, uh, you know, these insecure attachment styles are about 47% of the population. There's another style that's about 3% of the population. I'm not going to go into that right now. Um, uh, your relationships aren't going to just magically work. You're going to constantly notice that you struggle in relationships if they... They, the same kind of patterns repeat themselves and often what will play out is when the relationship starts getting into trouble, one partner will withdraw and the other one will become demanding um, and it eventually leads, leads to a lot of pain and stress. And so in order to become secure, uh, there's some work you need to do on yourself and on your relationship and that's kind of beyond the scope of this call but it essentially involves uh, becoming aware of um, where your insecurity comes from, your attachment insecurity comes from, and uh, how it works and how it operates, and then making choices to behave differently and learning to depend on each other in your relationship. This is not the kind of work you can do in yourself if you're single, because these triggers don't get triggered when you're single. They're specific and unique to relationships. They only get triggered in relationships. 
Um, so if you're one of those people who's constantly walking around with anxiety in your relationship, you're probably anxious, the anxious type. If you're one of those people that retreats, you're probably the avoidant type. And you probably have high levels of stress um, that you're maybe not even aware of because you've gotten so used to them. So if that is something that you identify with, then you may want to go to loveatfirstfight.com, that's my website, and go sign up for some of my free materials there on how to uh, create a secure relationship. Um, I would, I mean, I'm happy to share it with you here, but it's just beyond the scope of the call and be easier for you to just go and sign up and I've made videos already online that you can watch and learn about that. So that's what, how I, I think uh, it's related to health, is that a secure relationship reduces stress um, creates less cortisol and keeps your body functioning like it naturally should because it's not in a stress response, it's not in a fight or flight response. Alright, well that sounds good. So, um, do you have any other tips to share in terms of um, ways to create a very, you know, harmonious relationship? Um, not just... Yeah, I can give you a couple of ideas um, that are like they're big. Styles. They're big ideas. I mean, yeah. we don't have the time to go into to detail each one. One of them is to be responsive. Research shows that your responsiveness is going to predict whether or not your relationship uh, works out or not. And what I mean by responsiveness is your ability to respond to your partner's bids for connection. So, I like to consider that all of us are. That are, we're in, when, that are in relationship, we bid for connection. It's almost like we check to see whether our partner uh, is connected to us and we are connected to our partner and they're going to be there for us when we need them. So we might send a little text like, thinking of you, honey. And what that really is, that little text message that's saying, thinking of you, honey, is a test for a response, whether or not our partner is going to be responsive unconsciously. And so we're waiting for our partner to respond going, oh, that's sweet, I love you, baby, or something like that. And if they don't, we might bid again. We might go, love you, um, you okay? And if we don't get a response, we might start to panic a bit if you're the anxious type. Um, and if you're the avoidant type on the other end of this text, getting these texts, you might go, what's wrong with my partner? Why are they like, being so controlling and like asking me to feel smothered? And you might retreat. So secure people, they respond to each other's bids. So, you know, you send that text going, thinking of you, honey, your secure partner responds back going, I love you, baby, I'm thinking of you too. Um, and that constant, consistent uh, responsiveness to each other keeps the anxiety at bay and keeps your um, amygdala, that part of your brain that's responsible for fight or flight, relaxed, knowing that everything's okay. Because having your relationship be okay is literally a survival uh, criteria. In that, if you're a ca you know back if you're a caveman living on the African sub-Saharan plains, and uh, you would want to stay connected to your wife, and if your relationship broke up, you'd be alone and you'd be eaten by lions. Um, so two people were stronger than one, and you know the woman would look after the babies, and the man would go out and hunt, and. Uh, your brain was constantly monitoring the emotional and physical proximity of your partner because you don't want to be left alone too long because um, you know if your man's killed then the woman's going to be alone and probably not be able to be able to survive um, so our brain is an inbuilt checking mechanism to make sure our partner's close and one of the ways to make sure you relax your partner's uh, responses 
um, is to be responsive. Um, so I mean, you relax their their amygdala um, and reduce stress is to be responsive to them. Um, another one is to uh, learn how to uh, resolve recurring patterns of conflict. A lot of couples that I work with, at a, and this causes a lot of stress and often impacts health, um, end up in recurring patterns of conflict of the same fights over and over again. And uh, one of the ways to resolve recurring patterns of conflict is uh, to, well, firstly, understand that most conflict is not about what you think the conflict's about. Uh, it's about the, the state of the connection between the two of you, whether or not your relationship's secure or not. So, you know, you might be having a screaming match about why your partner didn't take the trash out for the tenth time, but really, you're not angry about him not taking the trash out. You're angry that he uh, didn't take the trash out and what that means about who he is in the state of your connection. You may be, well, un be unconsciously reasoning, well, if he doesn't take the trash out, and I can't trust him with the smallest little things, how am I ever going to trust him with um, fidelity? and remaining faithful and bringing up our children to be, uh, you know, well-adjusted adults. You know, if you can't even take the trash out, so suddenly the trash starts to mean a lot more. And if you dig around the surface just trying to poke at the surface complaint and resolve that, you will just make things worse. And so one of the things I help couples do is get to the heart of the matter and deal with the attachment emotions that are going on underneath the surface. So the feelings of, I'm not sure I can count on you, I'm not sure you've got my back, I'm not sure you're that one person I can depend on. And the fact that you're not taking the trash out makes me feel insecure and think about getting another partner because I don't know if you're going to be there for our kids and whether or not you'll ever be able to be faithful if you can't do something as simple as taking the trash out. And when you start to deal with the fears underneath, um, you start to create a secure relationship very quickly. Um, because you're able to resolve conflict in a way that brings you closer together um, rather than a way that drives you further apart, which is what most people are doing when they find me online. So there's a couple of ideas that are kind of big picture ones just to give you uh, the lay of the land on uh, how to really create a more secure relationship. But essentially it evolves around the two of it, It's not work you can do on your own. It needs to be done with a partner, although you can you know, you, you play a role in it. You can, you know, if you become more responsive, your partner's probably going to become more responsive too. But it's the kind of thing you really want to do together because these issues are only related to relationship. They don't come up when you're when you're single. Um, so they almost can't be worked on until you're in a relationship and you have somebody to help you. So in this case, in this sense, your partner becomes your greatest ally in your personal growth, helping you deal with um, whatever you need to deal with to become securely connected. Alright, well I think um, you know there's one last question that I wanted to ask you. So you talked a lot about security, security connection, um, all these great tips you shared. Now the role of sex. Obviously sex is very important you know to our health as well as to our you know life in general. So without emotional intimacy you know as you've said there's really no mm -hmm. good sex, right? So why don't you comment yeah. a little bit more on that in terms of you know you know, just dig deeper into what you just said and how that relates to having a really great sex life. Sure. Well, how it relates to health is uh, sex is a stress reduction um, agent, particularly closely connected to sex. So it's not that orgasm is. It's that um, when you are making love with your partner in, and the two of you are intimately connected, your brain releases a ton of really good feel-good chemicals like serotonin, oxytocin, dopamine, and these chemicals uh, basically soothe your 
uh, attachment system and they sue your attachment system that's part of your brain that's uh, responsible for the uh, emotional fight or flight mechanism so it kind of, kind of keeps make sure you're securely connected to your partner that's directly linked to your amygdala and um, the sex basically if it's the kind of sex that we call synchrony sex that's the kind of sex that's deeply intimate and loving and connected sex it soothes the nervous system, the central nervous system, and uh, releases a flood of really good chemicals into your body that make you feel good and relaxed. And so basically, sex makes you live longer um, because it helps your body relax if you're having a particular kind of sex. If you're just having, you know, one-night stand hookups um, or, you know, masturbating to porn, that doesn't do the trick. It's the, the, the kind of sex that has you feel closely connected to another. And they've actually done research that shows that um, people who masturbate and have orgasms um, uh, release, get serotonin released. But when you are making love and you have an orgasm, not only do you get serotonin, you also get um, oxytocin uh, released as well and dopamine. Uh, which don't get released when you're ma when you're masturbating, and what oxytocin, oxytocin, and dopamine do is they help you feel securely connected and bonded to another, and give you that glow, like that afterglow of sex, that feeling of being completely at peace and blissed out. That doesn't happen when you're masturbating. It might happen for a short while, but that same that that sense of being like everything's okay in the world and I'm super happy. Um, doesn't happen because those chemicals don't don't get released. So it's something to be said for making love with your partner and our, most young people have no idea how to have sex or make love they're usually doing what's uh, uh, kind of I sometimes call sport fucking or um, there's a technical term for it which has just escaped me they call it oh, uh, not synchrony sex it's uh, oh I forget but it's the kind of sex that's focused on performance where you know it's it's all about the orgasm and it's all about performing and changing positions and you know it's it's not focused on intimacy and there's another kind of sex that's also kind of insecure people tend to have and it's called uh, um, solace sex and it's comfort sex basically the sex that's uh, you know all about cuddling and being close and soothing your fears and that's not intimacy either that's all based around fear um, the kind of sex that really your supports your health and creates a secure relationship is what they call synchrony sex where you're able to uh, you know dance in the moment and one minute you're playfully uh, flirting the next minute you might be you know uh, having a great time with performance sex the next minute you're you're loving and cuddling the next minute you're laughing the next minute you're gazing deeply into each other's eyes losing yourself the next minute you feel like you're directly connected to God um, and that's the kind of sex that um, I help my clients get to and the path to get there is through creating a secure emotional bond first because in order to open up that much in sex you have to truly trust your partner and be able to count on them to hold you in this most vulnerable act um, so that's that's for me the role that sex plays I think it plays a huge role in health um, if and, it's and the this, sex that, sorry, go on. No, that's it. And this applies to both men and women, right? Of course, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Both, both men and women have the same kind of attachment need to feel connected to another. There's this big misnomer, uh, thanks to our good friend uh, John Gray and men are from Mars and women are from Venus. 
he basically told, kind of described uh, women as being emotional drama queens and men as being cold and stoic and not having feelings. And that's absolute rubbish. It's so wrong. It's it should be illegal. It's more that the anxious attachment style uh, gets needy and clingy, and uh, the avoidant attachment style tends to withdraw and get stoic. And neither of those are secure secure uh, forms of connection. Um, and if you relate to any of those, you really want to get some uh, expert help in uh, becoming more secure because you can. You can change your attachment style in a matter of months if you know what you're doing. And that's what I help my couples do. Well, this is a great conversation. I think you just um, hit, you know, hit the most important points. And um, these are very interesting points that you know, I'm sure our readers haven't really thought of. Well, thank you very much for your time, Bruce. Um, you know, Pleasure, Nicole. For any questions, for any, for more tips on creating amazing sex and amazing intimacy, please visit Bruce's website at www.loveatfirstfight.com and sign up for his free email tips as well as articles. And uh, this is it. And uh, have a good day, Bruce. <laughs>